Stacy, good morning for part for part part three. Oh, good morning, man. <laughs> Glad to be back again. Oh man. Uh yeah, this is this is great. I, this podcast set up in the in the classroom has allowed some better audio quality and better conversations. Yeah, I like it. Uh yeah, because I used to think I could never do an in-person one. I thought, oh, this is not going to happen because my mic wasn't good enough. And then the, when you do it on a computer, the sound quality is not good. And Coach Donato with the hookup, shout out to Coach Donato for helping us out with the soundboard. But, Coach, you texted me something the other day. And do you have that tweet pulled up? Yeah, I've got it right here. I would love you to read that. Then we can just go – we could dive deep, deeply into this. Yeah, so I was just kind of scrolling through uh, Twitter the other day and actually another – coach a, a friend of mine had actually liked and retweeted this uh in the conversation here it says had a conversation with a PE teacher slash basketball coach who said kids don't know what hard work really looks like anymore maybe it's true or is it a byproduct of the environment we adults created for them or do we inflate our own work ethic and I just thought that was a really good question mm. I thought, especially from the perspective of coaches and educators, I thought there's something, you know, a nice little discussion to be had on that there and definitely something that at least I don't think it would be harmful for every educator or coach to take a second to ask themselves. Hmm. I was reading an article yesterday and it was by, it was, I'm looking at it right here. It's on football scoop. Uh, which is a site you can look at football news and, you know, who's, who's moving where, like I'll see on that site, my buddies have taken new jobs and <laughs> they won't, you know, cause I'm not texting with them. I'll, I'll say, Oh my gosh, this guy just came at, came a head coach somewhere. And Craig bowl, uh, this is part of his quote. He's a head coach of Wyoming. And it says young people have not changed dot, dot, dot. Uh, and it says play. He said, he still, he says the players don't, care how much you know until they know how much you care they want to still be held accountable they still want to be loved and he goes on to say what has changed is the world what what has changed is the world has changed around them i think that's a good another good article that i'll link to this i think that's true i like that a lot mm -hmm. so i mean you run you coach cross country those kids are hard workers man I mean, we've talked about that. That's rough. I, I couldn't do that. I couldn't run for that. Yeah, appreciate oh. that. Uh, yeah, I definitely like to think there's some tough kids. You know, we definitely have some uh, sort of soul testing moments out there mm. on the track sometimes. Mm. You know, uh, yeah. Mm. So let's break it down a little bit. Let's see. Yeah. So, I mean, kind of when I first read that tweet, my biggest thing was, you know, looking at the second question of do we inflate our own work mm. ethic i think that really <laughs> stuck out to me more of the environments that we adult that we as adults created for them because i mean to say that you know it's the environment that we as adults like you know it's kind of like as you were saying a little bit earlier mm. you know it's more of a society thing that society and the world has changed around them mm -hmm. and i think too i was looking at the first line it says had a conversation with a PE teacher, basketball coach, who said kids don't know what hard work really looks like anymore. I think to define hard work in the 20, 
what are we in the 21st century? Like, what is hard work? What does that look like? What does that look like? Because that's a, I think we have to kind of, def- we have to define that a little bit. Like, what, is, what, do we, what do we mean by hard work? Exactly. Yeah. Like our definition of hard work now is definitely going to be much different than someone's definition mm-hmm. of that in the 1940s, I'd say. Yeah. Or like the, like AD 10, you know, people having to walk everywhere and find your own food and hopefully not get stabbed by Genghis Khan's maraud. Whatever. What, when was Genghis Khan around? What time the time was that? Ooh, time period was that? Yeah, I wouldn't be able to throw numbers on that exactly. Something you talk about hard work, I man. What if he's coming at, to your town? You're, oh gosh, you know, there's a whole list of things that have to get done. Right. I kind of think to me, you know, like when we look at it from the like past perspective, we think of hard work more as like a labor more oriented. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about some of the like, I mean, the biggest thing. I teach about labor relations and contemporary studies is, you know, the advancement of workers' rights, the creation of unions, you know, to the fight for a five day like work mm-hmm. week rather than like, you know, six days, 12 hours a day. Mm-hmm. And I think kind of like, you know, the society that we live in more, you know, doesn't really rely on that as much. Mm-hmm. I mean, it still does to its extent, you know, those sectors are always going to have their kind of place in society, but, you know, I think when we talk about hard work in today's society, you know, I think it definitely takes a different meaning. And to me, it seems almost like more oriented on like time, you know, like stuff Mm. needing to be on time. Mm -hmm. I think we're at a, I think we're at a point in the world where like doing stuff is the easiest it's ever been, you know, living and surviving is the easiest it's ever been, at least like here in the United States, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, so last night, uh, I caught a mouse in my house for the first time ever, ever. I'm even as I've rented apartments before owned, this is my third house that, well, my, that my wife and I have owned and I put out a mouse trap and I, we caught the mouse. Now the thing was two inches long, cute as a button, but it was, it got caught in that sticky stuff. So I don't think it's going to survive. We let it go, but it's kind of feelers, feet yeah. are sticking together and stuff. Um, uh, but the point of that is that was my biggest, that's been one of my biggest nuisances as a homeowner ever. But you think back, not even a hundred years ago, people are hoping that people don't come into their house and right. take all their stuff or uh, band of marauders aren't coming to, you know, it's like back in the Viking days to burn their village and, we've come to this level of comfort because society's evolved, mm-hmm. but we're still the same like hardwiring as human beings. You know, like our brain is still basically the same as it was a thousand or so or more years right, ago. Right, still sort of have those like same like natural instincts mm-hmm. or tendencies. And I think, yes, life has become more convenient and easier, but we still have this need for something difficult because our body craves like our mind and body i think craves that yeah to some degree absolutely you know we weren't just i mean regardless of who you are and what you believe i think everyone could probably agree you know we weren't we don't just live here for no reason you know there's got to be some purpose in our existence right. and like you there's got to be some sort of struggle to define who you are mm-hmm. and, you know and kind of what like when asking the question of like do we inflate our own work ethic you know, a big part of me when i was reading that like 
you know, when we look at kids and we're just like, man, like you're lazy. Like, you know, you don't know how to work hard. Like a big thing that I thought about is like, do we say that because we've had past experiences, you know, from an adult's perspective, we've been through a lot more, mm-hmm. you know, I've been through my challenges. I've had my really life defining moments. You know, I'm at 28 years old, but still, you know, I've had some real big step ups mm-hmm. there in those like twenties, you know, as kids, like, kids really had those opportunities Mm. like to have those struggles like you know maybe rather than like looking at it as like hey you need to be a hard worker you know you're so lazy you're gonna fail like maybe like maybe we need to see it more as like hey these are those moments like these are Mm. those big challenges that kids are overcoming Mm -hmm. like we have our own experiences but you know they didn't just they weren't always there they had to happen at some point like maybe that like yeah yeah just maybe we need to be less rigid i guess is kind of where i was getting at like maybe a little less rigid with our expectations and just understand like hey these are those moments that are going to define these kids these are those moments that rather than telling a kid he's lazy like we can use it as a teaching moment to teach them what hard work is and i just kind of thought Mm. maybe sometimes we get a little lost on that life is messy and it should be there should be there should be nuance in life there should be messiness there should be this is good but it's also bad if you want to use those terms this is a solution but it's also a challenge and i know for me i have a hard time holding those two things together so you know, for example, let's say me as a coach i see another team having success and let's say that team is coached by a friend of mine and I'm happy for them, but at the same time, there's a little bit, there's a part of me deep inside that may be a little jealous. Mm-hmm. Man, I wish we had that kind of success. And it doesn't make me a terrible person, but it may, but if I can realize that and go, oh, this is messy. Like this is not a linear path to like success or being like the best version of myself. Like, oh, there's all like ups and downs. I think to your point, I think adults, as adults, we've tried to make it too easy for kids. We don't let them fail enough. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. To learn that there is goodness and failure. And there's also, there's always bad and good. I drove by a car this morning that had a yin and yang thing on the back. And I was like, I said, oh, yeah, that's it. So even when things are going well, there's always something we can work on yeah absolutely you know just exactly what you're talking about you know with the good and the bad that just takes me back to like being in high school and i had like one of my youth pastors you know always it was just like a simple analogy made like you know like you know don't you think moses had a great time when he went up on top of the mountain like to be with god Mm. like but eventually he had to come down you know what does he come down to comes down to like all that uproar like you don't think he would have wanted to stay up there where everything was good and everything was perfect? Like, yeah, absolutely. Everyone wants everything to be good, perfect. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't what he was meant to do. He had to go down and find the discomfort and face those. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? And to me, that was just always a simple analogy to understand. Like, hey, like, you've got to take that bad mm-hmm. with that good. Mm-hmm. And I think there's something huge of what you said about, like, not letting kids fail enough that you know absolutely we need to let that happen more because Mm -hmm. if not when they become adults 
and I think we've kind of touched on this a little bit before is like, you know, they come become adults, they reach that real challenging moment and they don't mm-hmm. know how to respond to it because mm-hmm. they've never actually failed before. Mm-hmm. I was reading the, so my daughters are reading, they aren't reading it. My wife is reading it to them. The wizard of, they're reading the wizard of Oz, the original. And at the back of the book, there's a biography about the author and that kind of stuff interests me. So what was this guy's life like? What happened? And I like old stuff, like old books and things that are more time tested. And the guy that, that wrote Wizard of Oz, he failed in most of the creative things he tried. I mean, it like that open is op, that is openly stated in the back of the book. And he basically died penniless. So you're looking at a guy that wrote one of the best selling books of all time in the, at least in the West. Right. Probably one of the most biggest pop culture like icons ever. Sure. And he really wasn't even appreciated in his time. It was, and that, that happens a lot more than we think it does. When we look into the background of people that have had things that are fame that become famous, or we think they had it easy. Like Thomas Edison failed how many times trying to make the, light bulb right. a, a bunch <laughs> and it's just that resilience right i you know i think another word for hard work could be resilience like how many how much how many times will i keep coming back and swinging the axe when it doesn't go how many when it doesn't go my way Will i keep chopping when this isn't working you know what do you see what do you see from like your athletes as far as that, I'm, I mean, you're coaching them to do that, but that's not really a natural response, is it? No, not at all. And I mean, you know, kind of as you said earlier, you know, running is a really tough thing. Mm-hmm. I think, especially when it comes to running, there's not a natural response to just keep get, like keep mm-hmm. getting at it and keep going. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where like my experience as a coach, and I'm sure it's just as like familiar with other sports. But, you know, I've been through that experience. And, mm. and I guess that's kind of like bringing it back to what I was talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Is, you know, I've been through that experience. I know what it's like to go on a long run and want to stop. Mm-hmm. But I know, also know what it's like to, like, get over that little voice in your head and find out, like, oh, I actually can run this long mm. without stopping. Like, mm. oh, this is actually a possibility. Like, you know, I have those experiences and I can relate to those situations in my athletes. And I can sort of help like give them those sort of like stepping stones to help walk Mm. through those. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I wouldn't be able to do that if I didn't have that past experience. Mm. And, you know, and if I just walked in having the expectation, like I bring a new freshman out who's brand new to the sport, you know, has never been through a real hard like hill workout or whatever, and the kid can't get through it, you know that's is it the kid failing or is it me as a coach failing because i'm like my expectations aren't based in reality yeah yeah and the second part of that question that we read you read earlier it asked one of the the second part probably the last part or do we inflate our own work ethic (laughs) i didn't see between the eyes some now i was from our conversations, we sound like very, we have very similar experiences. I was the guy that never missed a lift or practice unless I was really, really ill as a player. I mean, I missed people's weddings. I missed all kinds of events. So I didn't miss practice. I didn't miss 
weightlifting. I didn't miss that kind of stuff. And I think I worked hard, but I don't know that I could do that because I didn't have to do other things. So maybe, for example, let's say a player has to work, like he has to work. Mm -hmm. And, you know, am I working really, was I working really hard in the weight room? Sure. On the practice field. Yeah. But go back like to the 1940s, 1950s, guys are walking to practice. It's hot. There's no water. So I think at least for football, I have to put it in like in a time capsule almost. So, you know, back when Bear Bryant coached, they didn't lift weights, but holy cow, I don't want to do what they did. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's no water, there's no any of that stuff. Um, so yeah, I just think we have to, I think it definitely goes in periods of what does hard work look like? Because if we did what Bear Bryant did at football practice, I would no longer be a football coach. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It'd be like, see you later. Yeah. And I mean, I looked at it from like both ways. You know, I looked at it from my perspective as a teacher and I was like, you know, as a teacher, am I really going to stand up there and harp at kids and tell them like about be always being on time and having everything done mm-hmm. ahead of time when I'm the type of person who does everything last minute? You know, every college assignment I ever did. Me too. I did it last, yeah, the night before. Yeah. And like, am, am I really going to like, sure, I can stress the in, like importance of like why you should do things ahead of time and like ma- like time management. But, you know, to stand up there as if like, you know, I'm some like high super, like superior person, like, am I really though? Mm. And like, same thing when it comes to like track or cross country, like, hey, you know, I didn't make it through all four years of running in college. You know, I got to my senior year and gave it up. You know, my junior year really wasn't even like that engaged in it. Just sort of mm-hmm. fell out of the sport, you know, really wasn't like mm-hmm. committing all to it. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, having those own failures myself gives me that perspective to help my athletes. Like, you know, when mm-hmm. I can kind of see like same similar tendencies in them, like, mm-hmm. you know, I can give them the tools of what I'm lacking. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, even it's like the original Mighty Ducks when the uh, oh, that's a great movie when the player like becomes the assistant coach or whatever, mm-hmm. and like he looks to the like head coach and he's just like, you know, you always said I'd, I'd be a better coach than a player. Mm-hmm. And you know, I kind of think about that as of myself, like to mm-hmm. education and uh, mm-hmm. athletics. You know, I can identify those things that I lack, mm-hmm. and when I see that in other like my students or my athletes, like, Hey, I can help them like overcome those things. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what you know, should be a big part of our role. Yeah. And our state in life is never, it's never final till our last breath. We can change who we are. And I, I know you've heard the same thing. You'll hear people say, Oh, people can't change. Well, if that's the case. And I should just get out of teaching and coaching or really just check out a life because if we can't change, then there's really no hope. You know what I mean? It's if you are this or just if you are just this or that, and what's the purpose of self-help, of religion, of schooling? Because if you can't change, then why would you even go to school? Yeah. Why would you want to learn anything? Exactly. You know, so there is definitely an avenue where people like hard work labor and that labor could be mental too in the classroom they're laboring to work they're trying to become become better and i think one of the things one of the barriers to people and this is across time 
working hard is people see the word stress and they think that's a negative thing. There's been studies done about people who have been through tremendous stress in their life and they actually live the longest because your body craves stress to some degree. So it needs resistance. And I think I was actually reading this. Uh, there's this email that Brian Kite sends out. Have you ever heard of Brian Kite? Mm. Uh, his dad wrote a book with Urban Meyer. I know Urban Meyer is like a hot button topic at the moment, but the book was really good. And Brian is, so Tim Kite is Brian Kite's dad. You ever heard of like E plus R equals O? Mm -hmm. Event plus response equals outcome. I'll, I'll send you some stuff. It's good. All it's right, really well. good. They're based out of Columbus even though I'm a huge Michigan Wolverine football fan, I can still, uh, I can still listen to them, but it, so, or read their stuff. So it says this, he says, stress isn't the enemy. Lack of purpose is the enemy. Stress is only an enemy when you carry it without purpose. So I think if we have purpose in our life. I think that really is what's missing from a lot of people's lives is that purpose. Like, what am I, what am I here for? Setting goals. Yes. Giving yeah. ourselves like tangible accomplishments. Yes. I, I don't think there's enough of that. I think we're just doing too much to get by and less to mm -hmm. like for reason, kind of as you're saying. Mm. And, you know, kind of following up off of like, and this will kind of tie back in, but like with your, uh, out, like what was it, Alice in Wonderland or was it Wizard of Oz? Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz. Yeah, Wizard of Oz. Yeah. You know, I think another thing is like people have to understand hard work does not necessarily equal success. My mind is I'm doing the mind blown thing with my hands because it's so true. It is. Like, that's really true. Yeah. Hard work does not have to equal success. You know, from a societal perspective, you're probably looking at the writer of Wizard of Oz and you're thinking to yourself, like, man, what a failure. Like during his lifetime. Right. You're looking at him and thinking like he was a failure. He was poor, broke, didn't have a lot of money. Mm -hmm. No one really read his stories. All right. But so what? But if you asked him if he was a hard worker or not, mm -hmm. is he going to tell you no? Mm -hmm. I think Even he, though he didn't find his success, like, did mm -hmm. that stop him from putting in all the hard work to still, like, do what he did? Looking, and, you know, even uh, yeah. from an athlete's perspective, like, from an athlete's side of it, I'm sorry, you can work as hard as ever, but if you don't have the genetics to be a D1 athlete, I'm sorry, you're not going to be a, D you know what I mean? You're not going to be a D1 athlete. And, but there's no shame. in it. No, there is no shame. And I was looking up when you said success, it made me think of John Wooden's version of success. It's not his version, his definition of success. Have you ever heard it? Mm -mm. Oh, coach. Success is peace of mind, which is a direct result of self-satisfaction and knowing that knowing you did your best to become the best you are capable of becoming. So. And I feel like that's the definition we should use. Yeah. And when we say like hard work doesn't equal success, it's more like in the eyes of other people, mm -hmm. right? Now hard work does equal success in that definition, but you look at people think success, what do they think in sports wins and losses, right? Let's well, not true you know like if we're working hard are we meeting that definition do we have peace of mind that we have done everything we can do so i think we have to like redefine that but i like where you were going with that because it's like yeah you can't become a division one athlete just because you want to be see and i like what you're saying like you know 
looking at success like from ourselves and not from the like for the mm. view of others and that's exactly where i was getting at like my whole cross-country season like this was a huge like step up here in our program mm. and we knew for a fact we weren't walking away of winning regionals when we we're going to go and win states like mm-hmm. the top four teams in the state came out of our region we only take three it's rough coach. you know so well, like we know hey it's our rough. goal is to get to states but hey we're fighting for third like we, we knew mm. what the reality was and my kids still at the end of the day knew that we were not going to be that top team but we were going to give ourselves a tangible goal to push ourselves and like i can the number one thing i can walk away confidently saying this season is that i know for a fact that all of those girls that were on the starting line know what it takes now to dig deep and mm-hmm. you know demand something of themselves to work towards something mm-hmm. and you know if you look at it from other teams like our you know we're cheering when we got announced third place for regionals because that means you know we got our tickets to states mm-hmm. first and second place just like yeah it's just another year like why are y'all celebrating like yeah but they don't know like hey that group of girls wasn't meant to make it to states like hey mm-hmm. yeah y'all like do this all the time mm-hmm. you know that's an expectation for you mm-hmm. you know this is something we had to work really hard for mm. i said it before on on my podcast especially in football well not especially in football any sport not everybody can go 10 and 0 so somebody's going five and five four and six three and seven six and four but it's about did we maximize our abilities and i think if you do that you can live with the result because uh, we, we 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 got as much out of this as we could and I think earlier in my career, and earlier mean like meaning just a couple of years ago, <laughs> that, that I would just I would say I believe John Wood's definition of success, but I really didn't. It was it, we didn't blah 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 blah. But then you go back and evaluate, and you go, oh, okay. Now there are other things we can do better. Oh uh, yeah, but was most of it really good in what we're trying to accomplish yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so you know i really think one of the worst things that you can one of the worst feelings in the world is walking away from something when you finish it and asking what could i have done better i think having that lingering feeling in the back of your head is always one of the worst things Mm -hmm. in as a like as people our goal should be able to do like you know to put our best towards everything that we do so there is no room for that question at the end you know i I tell my cross-country kids that all the time like when you cross that finish line you know make sure that like that was all that you could give don't finish this race and then ask yourself well what if i would have done this or what if i would have done that don't leave room for those questions yeah and even if it doesn't turn out exactly how you want it to at least you know you tried because you can I say you, I can play it safe. But if there's something, and you know this because you're a really good coach, when you're facing a decision, some, there's something inside you that knows when to, hey, I need to change this up. I need to go with that gut instinct that's a little bit out of my comfort zone. And there's times I don't. But I know for me as a coach, far too many times I haven't listened to that voice mm-hmm. i know this is comfortable so i'm going to stay in this as opposed to 
I need to, I need to go for it. You know what I mean? Cause that, that's, I think again, getting back to hard work, I think that's some of the hesitancy our players have is because social media is so prevalent. So it's so easy for people to see their failures. So if they don't play as well or whatever, so that leads, I think that leads to people not giving everything they have, because if you give everything you have and don't succeed, that hurts like really bad, you know, now the opposite of that is when you give every, when you give everything you have and you succeed, that's one of the best feelings ever. But I think some of it is we, I, I was guilty of, this, guilty of this as a player. You hedge your bet a little bit. Oh, I just wasn't, I didn't, I didn't have it that day or say something like that, you know, because to give everything you have and then fall short, it's a great learning experience, but it sucks. Yeah, it definitely don't feel good. No, no it ain't uh, ever going to feel good. Uh, ain't nothing about it going to feel good. Yeah. Uh, and mm. talking about getting stuck in that comfort of, you know, what feels good and what feels safe and secure. I think there's also a huge misconception that, you know, once you reach success or whatever, that the hard work stops. You know, once yeah. you just get there, that like, you know, mm. it's over. Like, I think we sort of think of our lives being a goal of like of comfort being the goal like i want i want the best house like you know mm-hmm. I, I want everything safe and secure i want my money secure you know i want my life secure my relationships everything about it mm-hmm. but just because you get married doesn't mean it's like that you have to quit doing all the things you did when you were dating you know what I mean? Right. Like, I mean, you got to put work into your marriage to make it like mm-hmm. still exciting to make it like mm-hmm. keep that love going. Your house ain't going to just stay together. You got to put in the work to keep it together. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like you get comfort, but like mm-hmm. comfort still doesn't come without that hard work. Yeah. Joe Rogan and jo- Jocko Willink have a lot to say about that, about how comfort is. I mean, obviously, we don't want people fearing for their lives every second of the day, but excess comfort is really damaging to people. It just makes it makes us into people that we don't want to be. And we don't take risk. We don't look for challenges. And we all know people like that. And I can be like that. I think we all can be because it's easy. You know, we're looking for like in the back of our mind, we're looking for a life of comfort and convenience. And my priest would have a lot to say about that because he always talks about that in mass, that this is not about comfort and convenience. It's about service. And, oh gosh, that hits me right between the eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I think one that's um, kind of as you, you started off with that first quote about, you know, the society has changed, the world around like mm-hmm. these kids has changed. You know, every kid now has the ability to go and escape into their own little world if they want to. Like, you mm-hmm. know, almost every kid's got a smartphone or every mm-hmm. kid's got the internet. Like, you know, they can all go and, like, kind of create their own selves somewhere else. Like, you know, that's their safety and comfort. And, you know, the real world is a scary place. But, like, mm-hmm. we can be real about it being a scary place while at the same time, like, hey, still teaching people how to get through it. Yeah, and – there are, there are kids, I think there's a lot of kids that are still, they still have the old school mentality of let's go to work. I, I want to read you something. So I gave, I didn't give, a, a coach um, that's doing some work for us sent a survey to our, our players. And I won't name the player, but 
The question is, what do you think is number one reason holding your team back from more success than last year? Uh, and this is what he wrote. And I'll, I'll tell you who this is after the podcast. He said, too soft. I feel like our team needs to toughen up a bit. The last few years, it's felt like we lacked chemistry and like everyone was playing for themselves. I feel like if we go through hell together over summer, it'll toughen us up and bring us closer together. And that gives me so much hope, man, because a lot of the responses are like that. And you go, they, today's players still crave what we craved in our generation right. and what generations before. It may just look a little different. They may be on their phone more or whatever, but that is still down in there to, with most of our kids, I think. And to me, that's where this all comes back to this tweet about creating that environment. Mm. Creating that environment for those kids. Because as you're saying, like that craving is still there. But maybe, you know, we still can't control the society around us. We still can't control mm. like, you know, what these kids, you know, their safety and security of their phones and everything else. But what we can't do is when that little time that we have and we can create that environment where they know mm. and learn what hard work looks like. And we yeah. feed that desire that they have in them to get through those challenges. Yeah. Yeah. Jacob Poor, wrestling coach. Yeah. You know, my assistant coach, Justin Bowers, once asked him, and he's like, man, like your wrestling kids just look like beat. Like they just look dead in the hallways. And he's like, yeah, good. He's like, my philosophy is, is you've got to break them down just about like to the point of like absolutely tearing them apart. And then you got to build them back up. Mm. And I think that's kind of where we're at is, hey, we, you know, mm. we are in a position to challenge you. And, and if I didn't challenge you, I wouldn't be doing my job. If I did nothing but always hug you and tell you everything's okay and that you're always doing the greatest, if I didn't, like, give you some adversity and some challenges, mm. I couldn't walk away at the end of the day and feel like I did my job. And mm. Hey, that might make you not like us sometimes, but mm. like, I'd rather not be liked than, you know, fail you. Yeah. And we need resilient young men in our society. That is a, that is a huge need. I mean, look at the amount of players without a father in their life, any kind of male figure. I'm talking dad, stepdad. Sometimes there's, there's nothing. There literally is nothing. It's mom or grandma or, mm -hmm. and one of our main things that we need to do as coaches of male sports is to build resilient young men that I can bounce back when things have not gone well and I can still succeed. Uh, yeah. Cause quitting is not an option. You know, or it shouldn't be, you know what I mean? Because uh, that's something we have to build into them. And that's hard. You can't do that by, hey, man, you're awesome all the time. Exactly. Like you were saying, yeah. And you, and you have to celebrate the accomplishments. You know, it can't. And I think coaches sometimes overdo it on, like, the you know, being so rigid and so mm -hmm. stiff on, like, their expectations all the time. You know, mm -hmm. there is still time to love these kids. There mm -hmm. is still time, like, to tell them that they're awesome and to be there and celebrate their accomplishments. But, the, but you don't get to those accomplishments without the struggle before, like, you know, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. And yeah, I just think you're right there on it where I'm at is just, Hey, we have to, 
I just wish every teacher and coach would take a second and ask themselves these same questions. I mean, when I, when I first saw that tweet, that was all I could think about was like, I think every single faculty Senate, every like professional development, like just write those two questions on the board. Have people write their own responses to it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we do so much of pointing fingers, throwing it around like, Hey, mm-hmm. I might take a second and ask ourselves. And then maybe is maybe the kids ain't that bad. Well, they say the kids are all right. Yeah. I think the kids are going to be all right. I think so. I think we should always look inward before we look outward. What am I doing? Am I doing this to the best of my ability? Am I controlling the controllables? All those things before we start pointing fingers at other people. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's, that's awesome. Coach, thank you for coming on and doing this. Hey, absolutely. My man always appreciate coming in.